On today's episode of Locked On Oilers, he's back. The Bison King, Yesapoy RV signs a one-year, $3 million deal. So what does that mean for Yesapoy RV and the other RFAs for the Edmonton Oilers? We will talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Oilers podcast. I'm your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden, as mentioned on today's episode. Yes, employee RV signed his one-year, $3 million contract with the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, we didn't have an episode yesterday, so Kenny Holland had to drop some sort of news on us. But yes, employee RV signs his contract and avoids arbitration. But what does that mean for the other RFAs for the Edmonton Oilers? Kyler Yamamoto also has an arbitration date coming up in a little bit. And Ryan McLeod also needs a contract. So what does this all mean for Yesapoli RV, the Edmonton Oilers, and the other RFAs? We will get into that a little later on today's episode. Plus, we bring back the ghost of Oilers Pass, and this one just won a championship with the Penticton Vs. There's your uh, little teaser, or guess, or hint, I guess, for the final segment of today's episode of Locked On Oilers, thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcasts. Alrighty, let's get into the Bison King. As yes, Apoliarvi signed a one-year, $3 million contract with the Edmonton Oilers, avoiding arbitration with the team, which is always nice when you get to, to basically skip out on those, oh, you're not as good as you think, me meetings uh for any type of player really and an organization but that does come at a little bit of a cost for the Edmonton Oilers and what kind of yes RV as well depending on what happens as yes it is a three million dollar deal and that means with the overages and the dead cap that the Edmonton Oilers have with Oscar Clefbaum and Mike Smith's contract they only have about 2.7 million dollars in cap space now they still have to sign Kyler Yamamoto and Ryan McLeod. But what does this deal mean for the Edmonton Oilers and Yesapoli Well, let's be real. Let's go through the stats. Yesapoli didn't have the season a lot of people expected, especially after a very hot start to his season. Came uh, into Seattle into the Christmas break, unfortunately got COVID, and that was a, a difficult turnaround for him ever since then. Kind of had a difficult time finding his feet back in the uh, the club and in the lineup, so that really hindered Yesapoli and then as well, that was around the time that Evander Kane also stepped in, so his spot on the top line was basically gone. And that was kind of tough for the kid. He also had an injury, so it kind of hindered him. But in 65 games played, not a bad total for him there. 65 games played, 14 goals, 22 assists, good for 36 points. Then in the playoffs, it kind of, well, it certainly tapered down. Only two goals for him in 16 games, one assist, three points during the playoffs. Now, 
Yes, Bully Harvey is a polarizing character in, in Edmonton within the Oilers organization, and you kind of get a pull of how people stand and people's basically uh, uh, view of the game when you take a look at uh, Yesapoy Yarvi. But, I mean, numbers don't lie, and Yesapoy Yarvi was one of the Edmonton Oilers' top and most productive players throughout the entire season. I'm pulling out my favorite stats again, but you have to take a look at where Puliyarvi ends up in the goals for and goals against per 60 minutes. This past season, in all situations, yes, Puliyarvi finished sixth on the Edmonton Oilers in goals for per 60 minutes with 4.18. The only players he was behind, let me know if you've ever heard of these guys. Uh, number 97, his name's Connor McDavid. Don't 29, Leon Dreisaitl. I don't know if you've ever heard of him either. Uh, number 91, Evander Kane. He also uh, was up there. He also plays for the Edmonton Oilers, if you don't know. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, I think he was the first overall pick from 2012, if I'm not mistaken, or 2011. I was mistaken, actually. There you go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, also above Yesapoy Arvey and uh, Tyson Berry, the Edmonton Oilers' most offensive defenseman. So uh, right around where Yesapoli RV needs to be, he's not going to be producing more points than Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. He needs to be that secondary scoring guy, and he was. I'm sorry to say, I know you take a look at 14 goals, and for some reason people scoff at 14 goals. They go, oh, he just wasn't offensive enough. In all situations, defensively, however, let's take away the goals. Let's, let's start preventing the goals. Yes, Sapulyarvi had a 1.88 goals against per 60 minutes while he was on the ice with the Edmonton Oilers, and that was good for first. Not Cody Cece, not Darnell Nurse, not insert name here. It was Yes, the guy who so many people say, oh, he doesn't have that many elements to his game. Well, he's clearly doing something to prevent the other team from scoring. And it's not only in all situations. It's also at 5-on-5. Five five. At 5-on-5, five five, he had a 1.8, even better, goals against per 60 minutes, which was good for, again, first on the Edmonton Oilers at 5-on-5. Five Oh, so you mean the the strength and the way that the game is played the most often? You mean he's being the most productive, well, most preventative, I guess, on the Edmonton Oilers. A team who has had issues with preventing goals. He's doing well at that. So what's the issue, people? What's the issue with him signing a one by three million dollar deal? Yet uh, Kasperi Kapanen, who scored eleven goals last year, three less than Yesapoyarvi, but also played seventy nine games, which was I'm not fantastic at math, but fourteen more games than Yesapoyarvi, scored three less goals than him. He had uh, one less assist and four less points in those fourteen total games. He just signed a two year six point four million dollar contract, a three point two million per year you tell me who's better you tell me who you you would rather have on the ice a six foot four yes a or about a six foot Casperi Kapanen who in 79 games scored 32 points where yes a in 65 games scored 36 and is one of the better preventative goal scorers or goal preventers I guess on the team
statistically. You can't, you can't just go, oh, no, he's not. Uh, yeah, 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 he is. He's the, all these stats are free. You can go to Evolving Hockey and find them yourself if you don't believe me. Also, you want to talk about goal scoring? Yes, Apuliarvi on the power play for the Edmonton Oilers. Had a goals for per 60 minutes, so the amount of times he was on the ice, or the amount of time he was on the ice. He had a goals for per 60 minutes of 12. You know who had more than him on the Edmonton Oilers? On the power play at goals for per 60 minutes? No one. Nobody. No one. Not a single person. Did you guess Connor McDavid? Wrong. Did you guess Leon Dreisaitl? Also wrong. Did you guess uh, Tyson Berry? <laughs> wrong. Did you guess Evan Bouchard? Also wrong. Zach Hyman? Still wrong. Vander Kane? Also wrong. It was Yessa Puyarvi. So what does this mean? Did the Edmonton Oilers now move him? They only have $2.7 million in cap space now. That is also, weirdly enough, the same amount of cap space that Warren Fogle has taken up right now. Well, 2.75, excuse me. The Edmonton Oilers, the couple options for them are they can keep Yesapoy RV and have a lineup of Evander Kane, Connor McDavid, and I'm going to put in Kyler Yamamoto just because. That's the scary thing is that you can just fill in people in the top six and they're going to be just as good. Then the second line is a Zach Hyman, Leon Dreisaitl, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Oh, <laughs> decent. The third line of Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, if they can get this deal done. And yes, a Puliarvi, who uh, had 14 goals, 22 assists, 36 points. It's a pretty productive third liner. And then on the fourth line, you can throw in, if you do trade Warren Fogle, so no more Warren Fogle, you have Matthias Janmark, Derek Ryan, and as well, Devin Shore. Or the Edmonton Oilers can just go 11-7, dump Devin Shore, and then you can have basically that entire lineup out on the ice. Or the Edmonton Oilers can trade Yesapoli for a guy they can slot in in that, top, in that top bottom six. Or a guy maybe in a bigger package, maybe a Patrick Kane. I already can hear the people going, that's not going to happen! Same. There are now options for the Edmonton Oilers. $3 million for a guy who scored 36 points in 65 games and is also a very productive defender as well in his own end. Pretty valuable and a pretty movable contract as well. And plus, you get to have a guy, if you don't trade him, who does bring those exact same qualities, and he's playing on your third line. I think and most GMs, if not all GMs, would take that any day. Alrighty, so what does all of this mean for the Edmonton Oilers, RFAs, and the rest of the, uh, well, basically, organization? Because again, we mentioned, now with this deal, there's only $2.7 million to go around, and I think Kyler Yamamoto is going to make a little bit more than $2.7 million. So what happens? Where will they go? What will the contracts look like for the two RFAs of the Edmonton Oilers? We will talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our partners over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs and find all your favorite sports and events on the number one online sports or source excuse me, for all your odds, lines, and games. 
Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Yeah, even golf. Did you forget about golf? Because golf is in there too. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. Where we are going to move on into, however, are the other two RFAs for the Edmonton Oilers. That is Kyler Yamamoto and Ryan McLeod. Honestly, Ryan McLeod, one of, if not my favorite Oilers. I love Ryan McLeod. I love what he can do on the ice. I've called him Ryan Nugent Hopkins 2.0. But what does that warrant in a contract, especially his first after his entry-level contract? We will talk about uh, Ryan McLeod f in just a second, but I want to focus more, more mostly right now on Kyler Yamamoto. Kyler Yamamoto had a career year with the Edmonton Oilers. 81 games played, 20 goals, 21 assists, good for 41 points. He was one of five Edmonton Oilers to score at least 20 goals this past season. And then in the playoffs, in 14 games played, because he did get injured for the final two against Columbus, or excuse me, Colorado. Sorry, Columbus, you weren't there. Um... Uh, uh, in those 14 games, two goals, five assists, seven points. So basically uh, half a point per game, a very productive guy, not only during the season, but in the regulars or in the playoffs as well, uh, excuse me, but also in his career, 186 games played for Kyler Yamamoto, 40 goals, 53 assists, 93, only seven away from 100, but he still needs a contract. Kyler Yamamoto has to be looking at this Yesa Puliyarvi contract and going, <laughs> but he's making $3 million. I can make a little more. Probably, yeah. Yeah, you probably should be, especially considering, as I mentioned in the, the mock projected lineup, I just put you as a first-line center, or first-line winger. So I'd hope so. So what would that look like? Well, <sighs> If we're going to take a look at my favorite stat, the goals for and goals against per 60 minutes between both him and uh, Yesapuliarvi, Yesapuliarvi wins. Goals for per 60 minutes for Kyler Yamamoto, 3.14, which was 12th. Goals against in all situations as well, 3.3, uh, which was good for 20th. Not fantastic. Uh, five on five, he had a 2.77 goals for per 60 minutes, which was good for... 13th on the team, so quite productive. Uh, five on five goals against per 60 minutes. He had a 2.93, which was good for third on the team. Or 23rd, excuse me. I misspoke. 23rd on the team at five on five. So kind of a liability defensively for Kyler Yamamoto. And then on the penalty kill, because he does play on the penalty kill. That That is something that does factor into the all situations thing, because... He does play on the penalty kill, and when you're playing on the penalty kill, you're going to have a higher goals against per 60 than you normally would see. I mean, his goals against per 60 was a 6.74. You're like, ugh. That was sixth on the team. So you can imagine what the people below him and above him were getting. 6.73 is about middle of the pack, I guess, well, especially for the Edmonton Oilers. 
Yeah, there you go. And then on the power play, he was ninth on the Edmonton Oilers for goals four per 60 minutes, which was at a 7.48. How much leverage does Kyler Yamamoto have? Let's be real. The Edmonton Oilers missed Kyler Yamamoto in those last two games against the Colorado Avalanche. They needed him on the forecheck, and they just... What he brought on that forecheck... The Edmonton Oilers did not have in those two games they lost against Colorado in Edmonton. Simple as that. He's very influential for the Edmonton Oilers forechecking. Whether that's going in, and, and you can take a look at these numbers and go, oh, what it is what it is, you know? But what he brings on the ice cannot be measured by these stats. I mean, the guy's what, five foot seven, five foot eight? And he goes out there and plays a game like he's six foot seven, six foot eight. Goes out there, lays the body, goes into the corner. He doesn't care who he's going into the corner with either. The amount of times he went in the playoffs into the corner with Nikita Zadorov, and you're going, please don't get hit, please don't get hit, please don't get hit. And he would go in there and lay the hit on Nikita Zadorov. You're like, oh, 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 okay, sounds good. Then the puck gets loose, the puck finds one of the best players in the world, 97-29, and we all know the end of that story. That's effective. And these numbers aren't going to represent that. And the Edmonton Oilers, once again, missed that in those two games against Colorado. A very good team. That's value. So what do I think Kyler Yamamoto will get? Well, he's got to get more than one year, obviously. This is going to be a multi-year deal. So I'm going with three years. Because, again, you got to reach that uh, window with Dreisaitl and... Uh, uh, What's his name? Connor McDavid. Ever heard of him? Uh, Connor McDavid as well. So you, got, I'm going three years with the guy who has been basically built and developed with this young core as well with Kyler Yamamoto. Take a look at the Yesapoli RV contract and go, I deserve more than $3 million, or at least I'm, I deserve more than him. I could see him getting three years, 3.25, just to be friendly, team-friendly, team-friendly. He probably could get three and a half, three point seven five, 3.75 even. I saw somebody on Twitter, and obviously Twitter is the most reputable source out there, but I saw somebody on Twitter go, oh, they should go three years, or it was six years, 4.125. Excuse me? I'm sorry? Again, full full or full respect, excuse me, full love to Kyler Yamamoto. But I think a lot of people still forget that there have been some finishing issues. And honestly, Kyler Yamamoto is quite a streaky player when it comes to the score line or the score sheet. Sometimes he can go 15 games without getting a goal. I mean, last not last playoffs, but the season before against the Winnipeg Jets. Everybody needed, the Edmonton Oilers needed him to step up, and he didn't. That could be something that goes into the arbitration meetings, which is on August 7th for Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, Bob Stoffer tweeted out today, August 9th. I think that was a misspell. Uh, I believe it should still be August 7th, unless something changed with the uh, Pulley-RV deal. But maybe that's something they go into that arbitration deal and say. Just go, hey, you're a little streaky, this, that, and the other thing. Whatever, you you know. But again, Connor Yamamoto sees that deal with the Esapoli RV and goes, okay, I, I deserve more than that. Ryan McLeod's side, however, 
first full season with the team. He only played 10 beforehand heading into the playoffs last year, or the year before, I guess, with uh, against the Winnipeg Jets for Ryan McLeod. This past season, 71 games played, 9 goals, 12 assists, good for 21 points. A pretty respectable first year, all things considered. I mean, also considering he was also a third-line center for most of the season, well, basically the entire season. Sometimes he got some time on the second line, but mostly a third-line guy. And he also, at one point, got sent down, if people don't remember that. He was sent down and played in, played in Bakersfield at one point this season. Obviously, got some more familiarity that he already had with Jay Woodcroft. And then he came up, and as Jay Woodcroft said, he's been using him on the power play, on the penalty kill, because he knows how Ryan McLeod plays. He knows what he does well, because he's had that experience with them for the last couple of years. I'll take that confidence from a coach any day, especially if you're Ryan McLeod. But you take a look at those numbers once again, the nine goals, 12 assists in his first season, that can get better. Like I mentioned, I think he's basically Ryan Nugent Hopkins 2.0 or Ryan Nugent Hopkins light and can do a lot of the things in all situations the right way. But this is his first NHL contract and his basically the first contract that he will be making more than a million dollars most likely in his career and if any last season is any indication he deserves that type of money going back to our favorite goals for and goals against stats he was one of the best players defensively for the Edmonton Oilers Goals against per 60 minutes in all situations for Ryan McLeod, a 2.39, which was good for third on the team. In all situate, or excuse me, at five on five, uh, Ryan McLeod sat at a two, even goals against per 60 minutes, which was good. Oh, excuse me, he sat at a 2.18. I was looking at his goals for. His goals against at five on five was a 2.18, which was good for fourth on the Edmonton Oilers. And then on the penalty kill, he had a 5.28 goals against per 60 minutes, which was good for third. Kyler Yamamoto. Ryan McLeod has a scoring touch as well. He's done it in juniors. He's done it a little bit in the AHL. And he's seen some success up here in the NHL as well. Ryan McLeod can be an amazing player for the Edmonton and if the Edmonton Oilers can get them at a decent price point for their championship window, a lot of teams around the league will be taking a look at the Ryan McLeod contract going, I wish we could do something like that. I think the Edmonton Oilers, I think they're going to take a look again, that championship window, take a look at Kyler Yamamoto. I mean, him, Kyler Yamamoto. And unfortunately for Warren Fogle, Warren Fogle as well, and Evan Bouchard, those four all have a very good relationship. Now, if Warren Fogle does get shipped off, and I don't think they want to because of that relationship that he has with that younger core, but if he does, that's going to make a lot of contract or cap space, excuse me, or some other deal for Kyler Yamamoto. And I could see the Edmonton Oilers taking a look at Kyler Yamamoto and Ryan McLeod and going, we want these guys together for the rest of their Edmonton Oilers contracts. So I think the Edmonton Oilers also take a dip at Ryan McLeod for three years. He's going to make more than a million dollars. And I think, unfortunately, he may have a little bit of leverage. 
I'm going with a three years, one and a half million per year, but I could see a 1.75. That's just me. That's what I think, or that's what is going on with the RFAs for the Edmonton Oilers. What do you think is going to happen? I know there's going to be a lot of people going, oh, it's a sign and trade. Oh, Let's hope it's not. Let's just enjoy this as it is, people. Yes, a pulley RV. Cross my eyes, hope to die, whatever. Is still an Edmonton Oiler. I I thought this entire offseason, as I had this over my shoulder, it was going to be like the death kiss or whatever it may be. The the kiss of death. And ah oh, man, he's gone. It is what it is. But he signed his contract. He's still here. Uh, but let's move into uh the ghost of Oilers past, a guy who's not on the Edmonton Oilers anymore. But a guy, as mentioned, he did just win a championship with the Penticton V's. You must be wondering, how did he go from the Edmonton Oilers back into the BCHL? Well, he's a coach now. He's a coach now. And he only played 25 games for the Edmonton Oilers, but still one that a lot of fans remember. So... Who do you think it was? Put your guess, guess now, guess now. We will get into who you think it is in just a second. But first, I want to thank you so much, so much for uh, tuning in to Locked On Oilers and making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. For your second listen after this episode, make sure you tune in to Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL, all year long stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with locked on nhl your daily 30 minute nhl podcast and i'm on it on wednesdays i am on it with jess from locked on flames it's a little bit of a a battle of alberta type uh wednesdays episode but that's okay we're there to bring you everything about the western conference western conference wednesdays everybody me and jess every wednesday on locked on nhl make sure you tune in there as well let's move into the ghost of christmas past no not the ghost of christmas past the ghost oilers past this ghost of oilers past as mentioned he now plays where it actually coaches for the penticton v's he was selected Third overall by the Chicago Blackhawks back in, I believe it was 2004. He was a defenseman. His name is Cam Barker. Yes, today's ghost of Oilers past is Cam Barker, the man who played 25 games for the Edmonton Oilers, who signed a deal on July 1st of 2011. That was 11 years ago, people. I feel old. I remember where I was when he signed that deal. I was in Vancouver when he signed that deal. Two goals for him there, or two goals for him with the Edmonton Oilers, and that is all he did. He signed a one-year, $2.25 million contract with the Edmonton Oilers that year, and it wasn't. That was also, uh, he signed that contract with Steve Tambellini. So, uh guess you could also presume how that went but in his one year as mentioned only played 25 games with the Edmonton Oilers but a lot of people like to bring him up still because let's be real it's more satirical than anything but after his year with the Edmonton Oilers he became a free agent and decided to go with the AHL route or down the AHL route and joined 
the Texas Stars. Yes, the Texas Stars that happened to have Jack Campbell on that team as well. And he actually stuck around for a little bit. It was his first time in the AHL since basically his debut in pro hockey. It's in 2008. In 2008. He went back in 2012. September of 2012. And that was kind of the last the NHL would see of him. He would go into uh, Vancouver and play 14 games for them there in 2012 and 2013. But then he moved on to Europe. He played five years in Russia in the KHL. 191 games played in uh, the KHL. 19 goals, 68 points, or 68 assists, excuse me, good for 87 points. He had like 30 assists in one season. He, he almost had a better career in the KHL than he did in all of the NHL. And that's not a knock. Again, that's still professional hockey, one of the better uh, leagues in the world. Good for good for Cam Barker, still proving himself. Over 30 assists. 30 assists. That was pretty impressive. And then he spent uh, three games in the Swiss League. He, he's, he had a couple games in uh, Russia, and then he decided to bounce off into Switzerland later that year. Only three games played for them there, but a goal and an assist for two points there. Then he played seven games in Finland for, uh, uh, I believe it was Ilves, I-L-V-E-S, uh, one of the best logos in hockey, by the way. Seven games for them there. Uh, one goal, one assist for him there. And then, two years, he ended his career in France, which, good for you, honestly. I, I want to finish my career in France. Uh, 34 games played for him there over two years. Three goals, 14 assists. Good for 17 points. In his final year in professional hockey, he would go on to win the French Championship with the Rouen. Uh, that sound sounded very German, not French at all. But uh, uh, he, he did win the championship there. And that was in 20, uh, 2021, excuse me. Then this past season for the BCHL, him and his Penticton V's, as he is now an assistant coach for the Penticton V's, one of the most elite top uh, junior teams, I guess, clubs uh, for in all of Canada. And he went on to coach there for the Penticton V's, won the national title there this past year. Not bad, not a, a pretty respectable co year or co career, career. I almost said contract for him. He doesn't have an NA NHL contract, but he did have a career moving into the next part of his career as a coach. So all the best to Cam Barker. I know his time in Edmonton wasn't the greatest, but never forget you either way. We wish him all the best and I wish you all the best as we've gone a little long in the tooth on today's episode, but that's okay. We actually had stuff to talk about. Kenny Holland gave us a signing. We had Yesapoy RV chat. We had Kyler Yamamoto chat. We even talked about Ryan McLeod and somehow Cam Barker got in there. How about that? Alrighty, I shall see you tomorrow. Sorry again for no episode yesterday. We had nothing to talk about and then yes, he signed. What the heck? Uh, hopefully we have something more to talk about as well, Kenny, tomorrow. Tomorrow, please. But either way, I shall see you tomorrow. I hope you have a wonderful day. It looks warm again, so I hope you enjoy it. Get outside, get some sun, touch some grass, drink some water, stay safe, and don't do anything I wouldn't do. Spring? Is that you? 
Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.